What's up, y'all? Welcome to Men Thrive. Another opportunity to talk to another dope brother. Uh, as you all well know, this is a podcast where we ain't concerned about anything except having conversations with black men that in some space in their life are committed to thriving versus just surviving. Uh, and it's not about an ego play. It's not about what's on the resume, though the resumes are are for real. Um, there's just so many of us that are trying to figure this thing out. And so often, like all of us are living that um, like that last scene in the hood movie where where the gangster like go tell the young homies that the way we learned it was wrong. And, and so like if we can just get that OG to help us with, uh, yo, like the way we got it wasn't always the way it was supposed to be. And here's what I've learned and here's how I've grown from it. And as black men to normalize that, uh, that's why I'm excited about this podcast. And, and as we come up on um, like really doing this thing, cause it, it, I blinked and we are at over 20 episodes. And uh, this, is, this is a COVID born, enterprise which uh which says that our team our guests uh are a reflection that we can still do this thing even in the midst of the uncertainty and so my guest today i'm i'm incredibly excited to have um many of you know who he is and and some of them some of you are being introduced to him for the first time um and y'all know how i do i I only like to tell the truth uh but sometimes the truth is, is dope as hell and so this brother has been in the music business for quite some time, but he's loved music longer than that. Uh, and he's a graduate of Berklee College of Music, um, which anybody that knows music knows that's an amazing thing. Uh, but he's been at Warner Brothers. He's been um, done some, some entrepreneurial pieces um, in some cases. He now is at what I think is an incredibly important place, as he's the executive director of membership and industry relations for the DC chapter of the Recording Academy. Um, but what I know him to be is a husband, a father, a servant, a brother who wants to see other brothers win and who moves to see other brothers win, a music professional that understands the business music but doesn't believe that the music has to get in the way of our folks winning and lives that out on a daily basis. And so I'm excited, man, in a real way. One, because I haven't talked to this brother in too long. And two, because um, we're getting ready to get an education. My man, Jerry L. Johnson. What's up, bro? What's up, Jeff, man? I really appreciate that intro. And I'm deeply honored to be a part of this podcast with you. I look up to you, admire you in, in many, many ways. And so I'm just excited to be here to, to chop it up, man. And you're right. It's been, it's been a little bit too long this time, yeah. but um, that gives us plenty to catch up on today. No. And, and, and let's start there, man, because it, it, you know, we've been in a global pandemic. We have been in a, in, in, in a space where there has been global revolution, uh, regardless of how people want to define that. And you and I are similar in that we have wives that we want to be with and kids who we want to raise in the midst of businesses that despite the ability to thrive are still in um, situations that are uncertain. And so it's taken, I think, um, some real intentionality on a lot of our parts to navigate this space. But what has gotten me so intrigued, brother, to have a conversation with you 
is that you've used this moment, man, to be super intentional about changing your whole life. Um, like you half the man you were the last time I saw you, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and, so, and so talk to me about that, man. Like what, where the hell did you go, bro? And like, what, what happened? What was the impetus? Oh uh, man. Well, that's funny you say that. Um, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, you know, gyms closed and, and I know myself, I've you know, really struggled with, with my weight, most of my adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a kid, I was an athlete, played every sport, basketball, soccer, baseball, everything. And even in high school, played basketball for the high school basketball team. And when I got to college, you know, going to a music school, you know, fitness isn't really a focus for <laughs> trumpet players and key <laughs> players and producers. You know, we're sitting in the studio, yep. we're practice rooms, just shedding. And so that's really where a lot of my my poor eating habits kind of started. And then, you know, back in college was, um, I was 20 when I found out that my girlfriend at the time was pregnant. Mm-hmm. It was really, you know, that sympathy eating during that moment was really the first time I really mm. gained a lot of weight. And, you know, um, I just remember my, my family seeing me like, man, you, you got big. And, and, you know, we do have, um, you know, health challenges and, and weight issues on both sides of my family. And so it's always something that I knew um, as I got older, I'd have to watch, but it really accelerated at that point. So, you know, fast forward into, you know, getting into the music industry and you know, moving to LA and all of those things, um, you know, and I'm married to a woman who she doesn't, you know, physically doesn't have to work out a day in her life. She has a, a very, she's a physique that's just very naturally athletic and um, a really strong metabolism. So she doesn't really gain much weight, but, you know, then she got pregnant and, mm. you know, I gained weight again. And and it was in 2009, you know, I, I had a heart attack um, and I don't really, I haven't really shared that with many people, but, you know, it was, it was a moment where my, my newborn son, he was just a couple of months old and, I remember, you know, having these chest pains one night and, you know, going to the hospital and, you know, they, they ran an EKG and they're like, you're having, you're having a heart attack right now. And, and, I'm plugged and, and just for context, bro, you were how old? Uh, let's see. That was 11 years ago. So I was 27. So you're 27 years old. 28. Yeah, 20. I was like 28, 27, 28. And you're, and you're in a hospital with a dude telling you you're having a damn heart attack. I'm laying there like, wow, like crazy. And so they unplugged it, you know, took the things off, put them back on and, and ran it again. And they said, well, you know, it looks like, you know, things have, have evened out, but we're going to admit you because we need to monitor you over the next mm-hmm. few days. And so... Um, during that time I had to do the stress test where, you know, ran on the treadmill. They, they did a sleep apnea study, um, to see, you know, what was going on with my sleeping. Um, for three days, it was just, I, I was being treated. I was on the, uh, cardiovascular floor. Mm-hmm. And I remember the nurse coming in and saying to me, you're too young to be here. Mm-hmm. Said that point blank. And, it was in that moment I was like, wow, this is, this is really crazy. Like, I can't believe this. And, and she told me, you know, I need to make major changes. Um, you know, that I had a lot of stress I was dealing with and 
high cholesterol and just poor eating habits all around. So that was the first major alarm back in 2009. And, you know, and then um, from there, I really didn't take it super serious yet in terms of like really getting my health. Which is nuts when you think about it. It's crazy. It's like, yo, you in the hospital at 27 and they telling you you have a heart attack and then you get to the other side of it and you're like, all right, I'm good. Right. You feel like, okay, yeah, I'll cut back on this. I'll cut back mm-hmm. on go to the gym here and there. But I wasn't like laser focused, like oh, I'm about to switch it up. Right. So the weight fluctuation would, you know, occur over the next several years and, you know, just up and down, um, you know, uh, moment patches of, you know, I'll get out there, run a mile, get out there, run a mile and a half, join the gym, quit the gym, mm-hmm. you know, consistent. And, it wasn't until this past March, you know, when my local gym closed down because of the pandemic that, you know, I said, okay, I got to do something. I know that these next few months, if I don't do something, I'm going to gain a lot of weight, you know, just mm-hmm. being at home, not getting out the house. I knew I had to do something. So I started walking. I started walking around my neighborhood Um, you know, it's about a 2.65 mile walk all the way around, but there's a lot of hills. There's about Mm -hmm. seven pretty steep hills. Walking turned into running, you know, uh, running short bursts. You know, I, I, I set a goal like, okay, I'm going to walk this far and then I'm going to run the next quarter mile. And then I'll walk the, uh, downhills, but I'll try to jog the uphill Mm -hmm. and, I'm competitive, you know, within myself. And, and that turned into, okay, well, let's see if you can run halfway. Made it halfway a couple times. Then it was like, okay, well, let's see if you can run the whole thing, you know? And, and then by then we got to the month of May and in May, I just challenged myself to run every day in May, kind of put a little play on words, Mm -hmm. but I said every day in May, I'm going to run every day in May. And so I ran every single day that month, at least a mile, you know, sometimes two. And then by the end of the month, on the last day of May, I ran five miles for the wow. first time. Wow. And it was from there, like, so June 1st came and I'm sitting there like, okay, uh, we can't just stop there. Like you got to, and so from there, I just started running probably like five to six times a week. And so was, but, but was the, was the goal for you initially, the being active or was there a weight goal was there a like what because because you made this thing you just made this thing sound real easy you was like i just started walking then i started having running goals then i said i'm gonna run through the month of may and then i'm coming into june like boom but 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 the first goal when you walked the first day was it just to get out that day and walk or was it, I'm about to start this new lifetime regimen? The first day was just be active, right? Do something, get out there, you know, be consistent. Um, and that's the main word through this whole journey for me is consistency, right? Like whatever it is, do it regularly, right? And and that was my first goal. But in April, on April 26th, I, I weighed myself. I stood on the scale. And, and was that the first time since you had been, since you started being active that you weighed yourself? Yep. My wife had just bought a digital scale and I stepped on it and I was 256 pounds. And I said, okay, you need to lose 50 pounds. 
Mm. And so I, I'd set two goals. I set my first goal was to lose 50 pounds by January 1st, 2021. That was my first goal. Mm-hmm. The second and bigger goal was I said, I want to be in the best shape of my life when I turn 40 in July of 2021. Mm. I gave myself a runway. I, you know, I kind of knowing myself, kind of giving myself a little bit of an out, like, or a little <laughs> bit of time, you know. And so initially, yeah, it was to just be active, but then it was like, okay, 50 pounds. So then when I started running every day in May, gradually I started to see the scale go down. Mm-hmm. You know, I started to adjust the way I was eating. Much smaller meals were already, we we'd already been primarily plant-based and only ate fish probably about four years at this point. But then, you know, I started eating much smaller meals, substituting breakfast for a protein shake. And, you know, fast forward to like mid June, I went and got a gait analysis at a running store. So basically I had been running in these new balance shoes because they were new balances. And you 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 look at the shoe, it looks like a running shoe. Um, those shoes were beat up, man. They were worn down and, um, I, I developed some knee soreness. And so mm. that's what made me really go to the, to the running store and they record you, they record you running on a treadmill. They, they take a look at how your feet are hitting the pavement. And then from there, they're able to recommend the type of shoe that you need, um, to support your, your feet and to support your knees. And so, once I found the right shoe and it felt good to be out there and I had developed this habit, I started to fall in love with running. And let me say this, like, you know, being an athlete in high school, you know, you, you, a lot of times you associate running with punishment, Yeah. right? You don't get back on defense. Yeah. You got to run. Yeah. Free throws. You got to run. So I never loved running and, and I wasn't good at it. I, 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 was always kind of getting the rest of our team in trouble for running <laughs> to last. Coach was like, all right, if Jerry O's last, y'all got to do five laps or whatever. And so, you know, I never really loved it. But what I began to love about this is, you know, the time I get to spend to myself, mm. you know, um, you know, I, I run early in the morning. So I get out there. I'm usually out by 6.30, 7 a.m. And, you know, it gives me time to, to meditate. It gives me time to pray out there by myself. It's also a constant challenge every day. You know, when you get out there, you know, you're pushing yourself. It's like, okay, you know, this is up to you. This is a goal that is on you. Mm-hmm. And it, it nobody else has control over how you perform today except for you. And so it, it allowed me to process things I was dealing with whether it be at work or in my personal life, it's just, you know, if, if I'm struggling with something or if, or if something made me mad or pissed me off, it's like, I'm going to target that thing. And that's not going to be the mm. thing that's me today. I'm going to run through that. Like I'm going to use that as my, my motivation. And that's good. I started to get addicted to the results of it. You know, you start seeing clothes fit differently. And I remember, you know, Father's Day, my wife had bought me a bunch of T-shirts, you know, just casual tees, and they were all extra large. And, you know, they started looking a little big on me. You know? <laughs> I wore, like, large, extra large for the last 20 years, you know. 
um, actually not even large, but extra large 2X uh, for the last 20 years. And so now I'm like looking at these extra larges, like at this rate, I'm not going to be able to fit these shirts in two weeks, wow. you know? And, um, you know, from there, man, I, I started, you know, I started to post and really kind of share my running journey. And that's when messages just started to come in, man, from all around the world, you know, people from childhood, Mm -hmm. from high school, people, strangers saying, you know, I used to be a runner, but you know, you've inspired me to get back out there. And that too was, has been and continues to be major accountability and inspiration for me, like to know that I'm inspiring other people or encouraging other people to do this, knowing where I came from in my relationship with running and fitness, it just, it, it motivates me every day to like, yo, somebody's watching, somebody is being blessed by your journey. And, you know, and so man, as of a uh, couple weeks ago, um, you know, I hit that mark, man, I lost 50 pounds and um, it was just, it was really crazy because I've hit a couple of plateaus mm-hmm. along. Um, but, that to, were- but to, but to reach that mark three months early. It's just bro. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, crazy. And, and so with that, like, I mean, it's, it's obvious you look good, man. It's obvious that physically you feel good, but, but what is it? what does it really mean for you in this moment? Like, have you really, have you really been able to pause for a second and, and talk to yourself about what it really means and, and, and how that sets the stage for how you can redefine and reimagine. Like if I did this in, in less than half the time, I feel the way I do. I now have a whole new model for how I'm even taking on the shit that used to stress me out. Like how, how, like, dude, are you, are you, have you taken the time to reimagine like what is next as a result of almost a new model of living? I have, man. I, I, I mean, not, not a lot, but I've, I've taken a couple of, of beats, especially when I hit that milestone, yeah. right? It's like, I did it, you know? And, and I, and it's really hard sometimes to, you know, sometimes when I'm out there running, even I'm out there asking myself, like, I look down, I'm like, is this you running? <laughs> like, like, I can't even believe it still sometimes that like, I'm out here running at 7am and I'm at, I'm like on mile three, you know, it's like, yeah. this is, this and is now you're just doing it. It's not, it's, it's like you on mile three and you felt like you just started. Oh yeah. I mean, this past weekend for the first time I ran 10 miles. Wow. You know, um, I ran 10.5 miles in, in your neck of the woods. I was up in Baltimore, a friend, uh, the same friend who invited me on June 20th to run six miles. Um, that day I only made it to three. Uh, he invited me to run 13 this past weekend and I didn't make it to 13, but I made it to 10.5. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I can tell you, I absolutely feel sharper at work. Yeah. Um, I feel like I have, I feel like I can do anything. Um, I, I feel like I can accomplish anything I truly put my mind to. 
you know what else is funny? I see you sometimes in in, in panels and in conversations. You know, I see you sit with the, the you know the grown man leg cross. You know? <laughs> I can finally do that, bro. I can finally sit like that, man. <laughs> it's been a long time you know, coming. Up. Never been able to sit like that, but I, I was telling my boys, I think that's a status symbol when you can sit like that, right? And um, so you know, um, there's just been some some major lifestyle changes. I've had I, I have no winter clothes, um, mm-hmm. I have no uh, winter jackets. I can't fit anything, um, you know. And then and then family is inspired. You know, family members are now exercising regularly. Um, I have to give a huge shout out to my wife. She's really helped me with the meal prep and the food. And, you know, she's a nutritionist. And so she's been really helping from that aspect mm-hmm. and, and just giving me the time, like allowing me every day to, to invest in this. And I, and I've said, you know, a lot of people have picked up passion projects during the co you yeah. know, during the pandemic, you know, my passion project was me you know, and I finally became passionate about myself and, and, and my own health. And, and now, you know, sometimes I, I wonder like, man, if you would have just started this 10 years ago, who would mm-hmm. you be today? And, and, and then I stopped myself yeah. because I believe that everything is in yeah. God's time. And, and it know, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because you can't do anything about then. Um, but what would and you I say? I was just going to say, I look back at pictures and, and, and sometimes they're hard to look at because I didn't realize that I was that overweight and yeah. unhealthy. And I, I really feel like that affects your confidence. It really affects your, uh, it affects how you move. And, and I, I feel like I was confident. I, I've always been relatively, you know, comfortable with who I am. I think I'm, you know, I try to live by the same principles, but at the same time, you move different. Like, you know, well, and, you and, and my thing is I never would have, I never would have called that. Like I never would have right. called that you felt insecure um, about your weight. And, and, and what I'm wondering is because listen, I think that that women all the time talk about how easy it is for men to get older, that, you know, we ain't got to worry about getting big. When we get big, it's a status symbol. Uh, We don't have to worry about going gray. When we get gray, it's distinguished. And like what I'm hearing you say is what I haven't heard a lot of brothers say, which is there there are some body image issues. Um, and a lot of times as brothers, we ain't got nowhere to even talk about that. Cause you ain't going up into the barbershop talking about y'all. I ain't really feeling that great, uh, about this two fifty right now. And 100%. cause you're going to get clowned. I don't care what barbershop you go to. I don't care who up in that piece. You're going to go up into a barbershop with a bunch of, with a bunch of therapists and them niggas going to laugh at you if, you, oh, yeah. if you're coming oh, out. Yeah. And so, and so my, my thing is like, what do you say to brothers who have one never given themselves permission to even feel some kind of way about their body shape. What do you say to cats who have start and stopped and start and stopped because they just were like, listen, going to get this bag is more important than this going and doing this is more important than this. Like there's so many 
kind of barriers that men have to psychologically overcome to do what you just said, which is at some point investing in me wasn't about getting another promotion at the Grammys or wasn't about um, helping this artist do this or being at this event or being over here or doing this investment. It, w- it actually was about none of that shit. And none it was literally all about how do I feel about me in the most authentic, non-narcissistic way. And so, but, but, but what do you say to brothers that maybe not have the same support system or the same revelation to get there? Man, I, I will say this. I mean, that's a great, great question. Body image issues are real for, for men too. You know, like you said, it's, it's something that we, we grow up learning how to um, cope with. And, you know, I think we've seen, you know, guys who are unhealthy, you know, still end up with, you know, their, their dream girl, or we've seen guys Mm -hmm. unhealthy still, you know, get, promotions or end up in, in powerful positions and, you know, things like that. And, and so, you know, we sometimes just settle, well, that's just what it is for me. And, you know, or I'll, or, or we put it on a back burner or we look at the, the really fit people like now nah, they going too far. I ain't got mm-hmm. time every day or, you know, but really what it is, is it's an investment in yourself and in your own, uh, longevity uh, in this life and, you know, your overall health and mental wellness. I think there's so many things that have changed in me mentally that, you know, that you're just seeing as a manifestation physically, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what you're seeing physically is my mental, right? You're seeing, yeah. what you're seeing is my commitment to, um, to being better, to being my best self, and, you know, also seeing 40 around the corner saying, you know, when I turn 40, I want to be the best version of myself that I can possibly be. I know that there's life after that. But for me, that was the mark I've always said, like, yo, when I hit 40, like I want to be like where I want to be. And I think, um, you know, we need to be talking about it. And if it, it's funny because I'm on a thread with some of the homies and man, every picture I post turns into like a 30 minute roast all <laughs> up and down the thread. These guys are just killing me. Like I'm every, <laughs> I've, I've read and, you know, we've laughed about some of everything, but then it always ends up with like, nah, bro, like for real, like you are inspiring us, mm-hmm. like, you know, like keep it up, man. And, you know, I, I won't lie. Like I'm, it's super uncomfortable sometimes for me to, to post a run or to post pictures of me post run. That's just not my style. You know me like that's really not my thing, but the more I learn that people are watching and being inspired, the more I want to share because. And that's always been you though. Like, you you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you've always been the guy that wanted to invest in other people. You've always been the guy that wanted other people to win. And you've always been the guy, as long as I've known you, that like you're intentional about positioning people together and getting people with resources and and dropping a word so that they would they would do it. And so so much of that was behind the scenes. So that was how you moved. But you're not doing anything different 
I mean, you you sharing, you you explaining, you being willing to talk about it. Um, Cause you easily could have been like, yo, listen, I just was trying to get my, my 40 and sexy on and I went to the gym and I'm a fucking gladiator. What's up? No, seriously, right? right? I mean, you, you could have, that could have been the narrative. But, right. but for you to be transparent about it, um, again, brother, it, it, it is the reason I appreciate you so much because even in your greatest moment, you sharing isn't narcissistic. Um, and for you to say, I still have challenges with it, speaks to the fact that you're not trying to boast. Um, you're just trying to share. And that's it. And, it, and it's beautiful, man. And, and I'm, I'm thankful because, you know, what's funny is when we started Men Thrive, I realized uh, one of my guys put me on to a stat that, you know, black men have the lowest life expectancy of any demographic of people in America. That's crazy. We die. We die earlier than any other demographic from shit that's preventable. And, and I think about, man, how much we already wear um, toxic stress and anxiety and depression and trauma. And it's like, how the hell are you going to wear all that and be out of shape right, and not eat right and hey. not be able to sleep? Um, and so, man, thank you for um, like just I, I, I think you probably gave a whole lot of brothers permission to be like, wait a minute, you know what? I am killing myself uh, and that shit ain't hot. So, so no, nah, man, that th there is, I'm, I'm excited to see how this evolves for you. Uh, Cause this ain't it. And uh, I'm so honored, bro. Like, first of all, you know, I'm honored by by just being on this podcast with you today and you know you you're fit yourself right and you know i don't know if you've ever had the challenges that that i've had but it's people like yourself who i see thrive in every way that lets me know that there's more you know that that lets me know there's another level that lets me know that there's always something to aspire to and and so, you know, this is one component of what I what I hope to be, you know, um, sort of foreshadowing for other areas of my life where it's like, you know, trimming trimming the fat, yep. you know, and really um, taking that time to to take inventory of where I am, who I am, what I'm capable of, and you know, I am definitely nowhere near where I, I plan to to be when it comes to the fitness journey. Like I still have work to do. I still have target areas that I'm working on. I still have um, goals that, that I, I want to accomplish. My, my big goal now is I want to run the New York City Marathon in 2021. You know, that's 26.2. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, like I hit, I hit 10 on Saturday. Um, I'm already looking for half marathons, you know, to run. And, and, and again, you know, in sharing, you know, this journey and sharing posts about it and, and sharing the pictures, you know, and, and the running and, and whatever, it's like, 
yes, you can do this. Like you can do like what has been said to me multiple times is we have watched this happen before our eyes, right? Like people have in me sharing, I think it's, it's showing that it's actually possible. Uh, Tease, you know, shout out to all these, you know, things that are, that are going on online, but no special teas, no special pills, no, no, you, you made some decisions. To to change small things in your life, and and it and it's funny you say that, man. Um, because I did I, I ran track for thirteen years from from the time I was you know seven years old, went to college on track scholarship, and then as a result, you know, was was a gym rat for years even after I stopped running, and muscle memory is real. Um especially for track runners cuz you know you you're not you're not in that sport where like football players are are being asked to put weight on and sometimes unreasonably so or lose weight in an unreasonable way and as a as a track runner you're seldom asked to do that i mean it's it's probably one of the most natural body sports that there is but i tell you man listen i i at 47 years old there are times when I feel like I'm supposed to, I, I remember what I looked like in the mirror when I was 20. And I'm like, yo, these abs don't look like that, dog. These obliques is a problem. Um, and so the, the, the body imaging thing and, and so much of it is, uh, is, is drilled into us that, that part of it for me first was work out and, and lift for health, not for size. Cause it was like, I'd be in the gym and we'd be talking about, well, how much you bench. You're like, I, I knocked out, you know, 250, 25 times and cats in the gym killing theyself. Um, Cause you know, I'm, I'm in there lifting up stuff that don't even make sense for my frame. Right. <laughs> like, right. And for right. what? So, so, so sometimes even, yeah. So sometimes even when we're doing it, it's wrong. Because it's yeah. it's ego driven and it's image driven, um, but it's not healthy. Uh, and so, right. no man, I, I you you gonna have to come back and talk to me about this because I cannot let you go. Um, we got a couple minutes. I cannot let you go without us talking about verses. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Sure. I can't do it. I can't do it, man. So, sure. so like like you you are one of the most um, musically informed brothers I know uh, comprehensively, right? Because I know dudes that know instruments, but they don't really know the business, even though they navigate. And I know cats that know the business, but they can't pick up a recorder and make it sound good, right? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> and so I know you've, you've committed your life to this. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious about two things. So the first is, as you think about versus as a concept, as a music lover, how has it made you feel? Man, um, let me just say, you know, huge shout out to Swiss, Tim, to the teams behind Versus. They have brought us something so special during this unprecedented Mm -hmm. time in the world, you know, I think what started off probably is just two music loving producers, you know, highly wildly successful producers, you know, having a friendly banter about their abilities um, turned into a 
worldwide global phenomenon that has absolutely just taken the whole world by storm. And when I tell you that I have not missed one of them, I <laughs> every single one. I am in the comments. I am uh, seeing who's in the comments. Oh, that's the best part. Yeah, that's the that's the part that has me rolling. Sometimes I told Brad the other day, I'm like, yo, what I what made me enjoy Patty and and um, Gladys more than I was already enjoying it was you, like you was on fire watching right. this. Right, and just to see like, you know, just the way they have been able to uplift the careers of so many of the legends too, and really. Uh, bring awareness to so many artists that this, you know, this current generation may not have been familiar with, mm -hmm. um, whether you're an artist or just a fan of music, you know, to see somebody like Gladys Knight getting up and singing those songs, you know, and like hearing her tone and her control and at 77. I mean, at 77, at 70, you got a 77 wow. and 76 year old woman whose voices sound better than some 20 year olds. Crazy. And, and so I just think it's been incredibly inspiring to see what they've been able to do. I think it's been, um, I think they, they now have something that is uh, going to be around, you know, mm -hmm. I, I would that it, it stays and that they continue to evolve it. And I'm looking forward to the next one. You know, I think, you know, obviously earlier on, you know, you had the, you know, some technical difficulties here. <laughs> and there. I think that was part of it, right? Like oh, that yeah, was no. magic. But it, but yeah, it, it was, it was so indicative too of personality because yeah. it was like, especially, especially with like Babyface and Teddy. Um, yes. <laughs> but, but even with, with, you know, the storm aside with, yeah. with, to me, it personified Luda and Nelly, like yeah. Nelly was coming to party and Luda's a yeah. samurai. It was yeah. like, it was like yeah. Luda, Luda had like 10 G broadband plugin, <laughs> <laughs> like some right. shit that ain't even out yet. It was right. like it was like it, it was like a hologram. This dude's picture was so clean, <laughs> and Nelly just showed up at the barbecue, dog, like ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nelly was there to have fun. Luda came to kick ass and oh, take. Man. Oh man. So man. so, but but let me ask you a serious question, right? Because I think that there is, there's this reality that there's a business to this, and and while it may not have been Swiss and Tim's intention you had three things happen. One, you had a crazy evolution in catalogs that people weren't even thinking about. Like, I mean, just overnight boost in catalog. You had um, introduction of artists who folks didn't even know was the artist's favorite artist. Uh, and so there was, there's this, this renaissance in some cases of people's whole brands. Um, and then there is the non-business piece, which I just have to mention, there's therapy. Like, because, like, fo I don't know if folks remember when Erica and Jill did their verses, that was on the other, that was on a week of a lot of death. Yes, um, yes. We were watching death on TV. Um, 
we for those of us who love music in particular, Andre died that week and Cats yeah. was out. I mean, yeah. out. And when I plug, dude, it makes me emotional now thinking about it. Jill and Erica like curated a cultural therapy session, brother. Like yeah. that was just full of love and admiration and honesty, but dope yeah. ass catalogs. And, and it was just like, dude, I felt better yeah. than I did before. And 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 with that reality, Jerio, my concern is that it's two things happening. Like, and, and I'm not gonna use any names here, but there's a considerable number of these artists who don't own any of their catalog. And there are concentrated efforts by people who ain't even hiding it to purchase and acquire catalogs. And so as you think about this in your profession, with your professional cap on, and you start thinking about producers and artists and ownership and money and the fact that, you know, we're already in a place where most of our artists really only make money by being on the road. And you've got elevated levels of, of value in catalogs. Like, what does it say for uh, not just artists, but those of us who care about artists and their legacy is there something we do? Is there something we can do? Is there something we should be thinking about different? Because I don't want to just enjoy the verses and then sit back and think about, yo, this dude ain't going to make nothing on this um, yeah. and feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I would say this, you know, um, to any to any artist, aspiring, established whoever who may catch wind of this, this conversation, I think it's so important that you are really paying attention to what you're signing. Um, I mean, I, I know it sounds really simple, but you know, we're in this unprecedented era and, and this new day of content, uh, content curation, content sharing and, you know, the protections are becoming more and more tricky to figure out. And so um, it's, it's really a matter of being protective of your intellectual property, making sure that you know exactly where you are distributing it. You know, even if you're list, even if you're sending out something just for feedback before an official release, right? Understand that once it leaves your computer, yeah, ask Bilal. right? <laughs> A whole I mean, album. The list, the, the list goes on and on <laughs> when it comes to leaks historically and, and and things of that nature. But just ultimately retaining control of your art. It's but so is there a source, Jerio? Like, like we, I hear people talk about this all the time, and yeah. and we all recommend people. One of the first people you need to have on your team is a good attorney. Um, mm -hmm. And in a day and age of intellectual property, it's even more treacherous and confusing, to be honest. But but is there? Where are places that are resources of information, like an, a, a reliable place to Google to get the the at least at least some baseline on understanding on on um, intellectual property, on rights, on ownership. Yeah, well, there's a book that I think we all swear by um, that I, I read in college and they continue to update it 
but it's called All You Need to yeah. Know About the Music, music Business yeah. by Donald Pass. Like, what edition is that in now, man? I mean, it's got to be in the 50,000. <laughs> I don't know, bro. <laughs> but it, it's it's something that, I mean, I, I, I have it sitting somewhere here in my office that, you know, you can always kind of flip through and, and catch some sort of a nugget. I think that, you know, an attorney, obviously you need an attorney on your team, but I would also encourage most aspiring musicians and, and creators to be patient in building your team too, because mm. not every, every attorney, you know, there's levels of attorneys, right? And, yes, you know, I think, it's, I think it's important to find a young, hungry attorney who might be fresh out of school and she or he is, is, looking to break into the business, right? Because they're going to comb through every detail of those contracts. They're going to be able to speak to you on your terms. And then, you know, if they're barred, they're going to have relationships where they can go to, right. you know, other more seasoned attorneys that that can maybe give them advice in ways that they may not understand. Um, but I, I would say that, you know, definitely all you need to know about the music business is a great resource. There's a ton of... Um, panels and conversations that you can look up on music publishing on YouTube. Um, you know, I'm willing to have conversations if anyone ever wants to reach out to me. Um, you know, I, I'm not an attorney uh, by any stretch, but you know, I've seen some contracts and, and um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of understand how the business works. And then also just being teachable, being coachable. That's good. You know, being in put putting yourself in a position to learn you know i think so many artists think they have to come out a certain way and and look a certain way and act a certain way and 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 with that comes some level of you know i think i know everything and and it's so important not to burn these bridges with the with the people that you're building with early on because those will be the same people that you may need in 10 years, you know, those will be the same people who can help you down the line. So, you know, I would just say, um, you know, business over brand, right. Mm. You know, what we've seen during this pandemic is a lot of um, resources have become available in local markets in different cities, uh, you know, grants and, and financial relief packages, that many artists weren't eligible to receive because they didn't have certain fundamentals set up yeah. in terms of business. So they didn't have their LLC established. They didn't have their, uh, you know, official business name. They didn't have, um, you know, they weren't registered in, in uh, certain ways. And so there, there are, there are a lot of things I think we need to shift our thinking on when it comes to, approaching our business and, and really make, you know, we're going to make sure we got to fly social media mm -hmm. presence, the footprint. We're going to make sure we got the gear. We're going to make sure we're working with the hottest producers and the working with the, the, the hot writers, et cetera. But we need to, you know, that's your brand. Cool. But you got to put the same amount of care and attention to detail and passion into the business so that, in the event that something crazy happens again in the world, 
And there isn't that, you know, because like you said earlier, you know, our business depends on touring. Our yeah. business depends on, you know, live performances. Yeah. It depends on, you know, that that artist who's just about to kind of break. They have a great record and they, they, they're kind of bubbling. You know, the next thing for that artist is to, you know, become the opening act on a bigger. That's right. And, and hitting these middle, medium, and small stages. Hitting these small stages that and they can't out. do that right now. Yep. And you can't do that right now. So you need to make sure that everything else is set up. And if you've ever had the time to do it, now's the time That's to right. do that. That's right. So, and, and, and to think out of the box. I mean, set. like, fail big. Like, oh, yeah. like doing some shit that don't even make no sense. You're like, yo, I'm about to do this. I'm about to do this concert from on top of my garage. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, because right now it's wide open. Yeah, right? like, there there is no blueprint anymore. There is no one way to make it in this business. There is no one path for any one person. We we see all sorts of beautiful, amazing stories that are coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Artists coming out of nowhere, and it's really because someone was wild enough, or innovative enough, or crazy enough to believe that. I can do anything I just feel like doing right now. I'm going to do it, and then we'll see what happens. Well, and now is the moment, man. I mean, this moment is really is going to be telling about who's serious. Is um, it? Because there, there will be some people who, and listen, I got no judgment. Like, this, this is not me passing judgment on anybody's situation or where they are. Um, but proof is proof. And, and I know some people that ain't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of that's coming out champions in this COVID yeah. piece, man. They like, yo, like this was all I needed. Uh, yeah. I live for this. And I know yeah. some people that's sitting on bread on bread on bread and ain't done nothing um, yeah. to the degree that I don't know how they're going to survive the same way um, yeah. coming out of this. So I'm I, I'm celebrating those folks that are trying to make it work hook or crook, um, but my my last piece, bro. Before I get out of here, we 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 talked about um, the live music piece and and how we how we thrive on it and, and culturally what it means to us. Um, if you had the ability to have the biggest post-COVID concert ever. And you could curate it with three artists, living or dead. What okay. would be the concert? Oh man! <laughs> How much time you said is left on here? <laughs> oh man! So, living or dead? Yeah. Movie concert. Yep. The world, right? And the world is tuning in to the this. The world is tuning in. I mean, Michael's the headliner, right? Michael Jackson's the headliner, right? Uh -huh. Like. Like that's let's just get that out the way. Uh -huh. MJ is the headliner. Um, but man, who's gonna open for MJ? I think. Ah uh, man, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> I'm so many people that are going through my brain right now. But you know, I've always been a huge fan of. Um, I mean, my my favorite artist uh, of all time is Donny Hathaway, right? Oh. So like. Like, I don't know where he would fit in the post-COVID turn-up necessarily. He has some upbeats and some great... Nah, dog, great... that's the after That's the after dark. That's the after dark <laughs> lounge. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Donnie will be there. But, man, I would say MJ, 
you know, we gotta, you know, gotta gotta throw Beyonce in there. You know, she mm. she's the you know incredible incredible artist. You know, maybe the the greatest living artist right now that we have. And um, man, I mean, I just for just for just for the for the hood, we gotta gotta put Biggie in there too. Like Biggie, oh, that <laughs> would know, be nuts. Cracking, Biggie, you know, so. Biggie opening for Beyonce, who brings up Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's oh the, yeah, bro. Nah, you you done. You sold out everything. That's it. Sold out. <laughs> sold out show. So, uh, nah, man. Um, I, you know, and I I will say this, man. I think it's important. I had a friend call me the other day. He is an incredible, credible uh, music executive, and we were just checking. He called to check on me. And that conversation turned into us kind of checking on each other and and encouraging one another. And this is somebody who, from the outside looking in, everybody knows like he's the guy. And and and, but it it was apparent to me that we're all going through different things and navigating this time and trying to figure out where we fit in. And what this means in the grant, because I don't believe we'll really know the effects or really understand the effects of this for another 50 years, right? Like not comprehensively. That's right. Yeah. We, we won't really understand what this moment has done to humanity for another 50 years. Right. So like, I think right now we're all just kind of looking around like, okay, well, like, what do I do? What do I go? And especially if you're someone who gets outside and, and, and a big part of your life and career is based on connecting with people and, and, you know, in-person human interaction, like we don't have that right now. So, so if a big part of your influence was, you know, the way you pull up to the event and people getting to see your fit and people, you know, you getting a chop chop and, you know, going back with, with the homies, you don't have that. So if that's what your value was wrapped up in, you know, you hurting now you're, now you're having to look at, well, who am I without all of those things? That's right. Like who am I at home? That's right. Who and do I, I like, home? and do I like who I am? Do I like me? Right. Do I like my kids? Right. Because, yeah. because I'm on the road. Yep. Oh, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you all the time. And, and, and now I'm a full-time uh, teacher. Um, um, mm-hmm cooking at the house. I got to do this. Like, do, do I really like my wife? Do I really like my kids? Like, I'm not asking that for myself. I'm saying, Oh no, that- I'm with, I've had these conversations and, yes. and, 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 and in some cases, similar to my own convictions at COVID where I was like, damn, was that really what I thought was normal? Right. Like by the time COVID hit Jerry, I was already back at executive platinum. Wow. That don't make no damn sense. And I'll never travel like that again. Um, but it, but when I said it out loud to other people, they were like, what the hell do you think you was doing? Like, I saw you doing it. And and right. similarly, I've had a couple of conversations with some guys. It was like, what, what do you mean you didn't know you didn't like your wife? I knew you didn't like your wife. You ain't never bring her nowhere. You ain't never talk right. about her. You, you never right. seem excited about her. Like, I knew you didn't know. And, it, and, right. and it's been this amazing kind of revelatory moment for, I think, all of us. Like, if yeah. you haven't been convicted about something in this moment, you ain't been honest enough with yourself. Well, I remember my wife saying earlier, uh, a couple months ago, 
And just in a conversation we were having, she was being very vulnerable. And, and you know, she said to me, she was like, I'm actually not looking forward to when this is all over because that means you're back out again. That means you're back at events and you got this. And she's enjoyed me yep. being here to be more of a support with her and, and the kids and, and everything. And that really hit me. That's something that really, you know, and, and I also know I'm not going back to, you know, that, that life. I think I needed this hard stop so that I could reevaluate the amount of time I was investing in my family and really make more conscious decisions on what is essential, what yeah. is necessary for me to be at. Yeah. Do I need to go to the after-after party? Do I need to even go to the after party? Do I need to go at all? Yep. Right? And those are the questions that now I have an answer for, right? It's like, no, life goes <laughs> on, you know? And, and it's... And I think businesses too, right? Like businesses are now realizing who and what is essential. And I, I right. think most businesses are not going to go back to, you know, yeah. business as usual. They're cutting overhead. They're looking at efficient, you know, cost savings and, and yeah. how to be more efficient because they realize, guess what? We didn't go under during this. You know, we transitioned to yeah. a mobile force and we're still- Our, our P&L is better. Way better, <laughs> way better. So anyway, man, a no. lot- and I know we can talk. No, but 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 I think it's a perfect place to end because as you say all of that, we got to go back to the fact that not only is this about not going back to that, like you were able to find this space where it wasn't just about you being home. It was about you being here. And for you to invest in you the way you did says to your babies, you know what? You probably gonna have your daddy another year or two more years or three more years because I'm healthier. You're going to have me better because my mind is clear. And so when, when I, I told somebody the other day that whether they hear it directly from me or not, my grandkids are going to thank God for this moment. Because I am going to be, I am a better man mm. now than I was in March. And mm -hmm. and not in a way that's transactional. I don't want that anymore. But when mm. I think about the gift that you've given your family, brother, by, by really leaning in to take care of yourself and simultaneously leaning into them, not only am I inspired, I'm proud of you, brother. Um, Thank you, man. I am, um, I'm really, I'm really, I, I am honored and thankful to know you um, in, in this moment, brother, and, and excited about what's next, man, because it's, it's, it's really like when you realize what your mind is able to create and like you start believing that, and and start doing it brother everything changes and so i'm i'm excited to change some stuff with you man jeff man i i'm again so thankful for you man and just how you continue to lead our culture um lead black men and and you know help help us to really take hard looks at ourselves at our lives um your transparency and and you know your honesty authenticity from the day we met 
Um, I felt like, you know, I have a big brother out here and, you know, I know you can be anywhere in the world. I know you can uh, live anywhere in the world, but I truly believe that, you know, part of me, you know, moving to this area um, was for us to connect. And I think what you've sown into my life up to this point, um, you know, if I haven't told you before, man, I appreciate you, man. Love you, man. And I think that, you know, um, the, there's only, there's only more and the best is really yet to come. So it's been an honor, um, to, to be on your show and, uh, man, you know, uh, let's, let's, let's try to get together. No, let's not try. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hit you (laughs) literally. It's one of those days today. Um, but I'm gonna hit you either tonight, uh, or first thing tomorrow, brother. And, and we gonna, Let's let's try to do social distance lunch or yeah, dinner, yeah. but let's let's yeah. do it for the first week of October. Done. It's already done. I can't wait, man. All right, appreciate man. you, bro. Love you, man. Thank you. Love you, man. All right, peace. All right. Yo, thanks for listening to Men Thrive. Did you like us? If you like us, visit your go-to podcast provider and check out other episodes. You can also go deeper by joining our community at menthrive.com. 